Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmed Haq, and this is On Point. Uh, we've been hearing a lot about long-term care in this province and the conditions that our seniors have been living in throughout the pandemic. And it continues to get worse uh, for many uh, in parts of this province. The realities of Bill 7, More Beds, Better Care Act, are still sinking in for many seniors, and we are seeing some of the expected complications start to surface. Most of the LTCs, the long-term care uh, facilities in the surrounding Hamilton region, are full with long waiting lists. So what does this mean for Hamiltonians, those who live in the area, um, who need to be transferred to a long-term care facility? Uh, Will they be sent elsewhere, away from their loved ones? Uh, Many of them um, may not be able to uh, have contact with them, physical contact with them, because they can't travel to see them. Their loved ones can't travel to see them. We are joined by Patricia Spindle. She's co-founder of the advocacy group Seniors for Social Action Ontario to break this story down. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Rubina. Um, your reaction to what's happening right now in Hamilton, um, and this was one thing that we all feared, was that uh, that seniors would be sent to homes that were far away from everything that's familiar to them. Your reaction to this uh, this development? You know, first of all, it's a gut-wrenching decision when families feel they have to institutionalize someone, but to be forced to do it because of financial coercion and to have people's rights to consent to transfer and have their transmission of health information, their rights to consent to that taken away, then to be shipped miles away from their family, their friends, and everything that's familiar The person is losing the right that all the rest of us have to decide where we're going to live and with whom. And they're losing that right for one reason only, because they're they're old. They're old, they're frail, they're sick. That's differential treatment, and the impact on those people is absolutely devastating. You know, talk. I mean, if each of us. Talk to me a little bit about that impact. Talk to me a little bit about that impact because, like you said, it's a very traumatic decision for a family to decide to put their 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 loved one into a a facility, Um, and then to have that facility maybe seventy, eighty kilometers away. Tell me the impact that has on that individual. Well, imagine being old, sick, and scared. And you're going to get transferred miles from your family, everything that's familiar, it will hasten your death. There's no question about it. People will give up and they will die, and they will die abandoned and afraid. And that's the worst part of it. We all know that older people are going to die, but do, we, do any of us want to die abandoned and afraid away from everything that we've ever known? You know, we know what we call people who lack empathy for other people. But what do we call a whole government that behaves like that? This just doesn't feel like Canada anymore. And it's difficult for any human being at any stage of life to move, right? Moving, they say, is one of the most um, traumatic things that happens to individuals. You know, you leave everything that's familiar behind, you start a new life. And to do that in quick succession, especially if you've lived in your, your forever home, raising your children for decades, and then you're moved, you know, in a year to to many different care homes, um, that in and of itself can be so traumatic to, to a person who is already, like you said, suffering um, from other health problems and has, has been, has been uh, sent there because of those reasons. And, and it's not just traumatic for the person. I mean, that's bad enough. But imagine being married to somebody for 60 years and you can't see them at the time in their life when you know that they need you the most. 
I mean, imagine having to deal with that. If you're a spouse, an 80-year-old spouse, you're really going to get in your car in the middle of winter and drive 70 kilometers to try to see your spouse? You're risking your own life to do that. And that this government has no empathy in situations like this, I mean, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. And it doesn't feel like we live in Canada anymore. It feels like we're in a third world country now where the government can just grab you and ship you anywhere they want. They have weaponized hospitals. (laughs) Hospitals are supposed to be places of sanctuary. They Mm -hmm. have weaponized hospitals to act against old, sick people and their families. And families are afraid. They're terrified to speak up. If they say anything, they're afraid there'll be retribution against them. That's how bad it is. The people now have the perception that hospitals are weaponized against them rather than that they're there to help them. And that, that's just, I mean, that's not the Ontario I know. I'm, I'm over 70. That is not the Ontario I know. That is not the Ontario I have ever known. And in some cases, couples may be sent to two different care homes and uh, they're so... Uh, they're so far apart in distance that, like you said, they might have lived their whole lives together, 60 plus years, and now they're in care homes maybe 100 kilometers apart from each other, um, and, and they have absolutely no say in it. What, what right. do you want the province to do uh, to, 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 to take care of our most vulnerable population at a time when they, ne- they need health care uh, the most? They, they need it more than they have probably in their whole lives. They need to do what we told them to do two years ago, which we never received the courtesy of a response. Seniors for Social Action Ontario told this government two years ago, you need to immediately beef up home care because people need to be able to go home with the cap off home care so that they can get the amount of care that they actually need. They could just go home. If the government did that, they didn't. We told them, take all of the barriers out of the family managed care program so that people with dementia can have their POAs apply for direct funding to be able to purchase the services and supports that they need. More people could have gone home because of that. We said, look, you've got a staffing shortage. Why don't you finally pay family caregivers to stay home and look after people? Let them take a leave of absence and pay them to stay Mm -hmm. home and look after people. That would have eased the staffing shortage. It would have emptied more hospital beds. And these are all things that don't involve bricks and mortar. These are things that they could have done right away rather than building institutions, 19th century poor house model to dump old people into their human warehouses. That's what they chose to fund $6 billion of our money they invested in that instead of investing it in home care, family managed care, direct funding, paying caregivers, setting up small family homes and staffing them in neighborhoods right across this province. Had they done that two years ago, we would already have a 21st century long-term care system now, and we wouldn't have this issue around, around hospital beds. People would be able to either go into residential placements that are staffed, either in condos or apartments, naturally occurring seniors' communities. You put staff in there so that A, they don't end up in the hospital in the first place. And B, if they do, they can come home sooner because they've got people who can take care of them. They didn't invest in any of that. And that's why they're in the mess that they're in. Add Bill 124, where they cap nurses' wages. 
We have C- CEOs of hospitals making almost a half a million dollars right now. Do you know what nurse practitioners make? The top end is $62 an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that is so out of whack. And it's these hospital CEOs who have gone along with all of this. They want, they consider it patient flow. They dehumanize people completely and objectify them. They say, we want patient flow. In other words, we want to empty the beds. And the, the, the short, you know, obvious thing is, who cares what happens to the people as long as the beds are empty? That's just horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Patricia, uh, this story has, you know, has been uh, heart-wrenching throughout the pandemic, even before we all knew that the situation in long-term care homes was far from perfect. It's only become worse. Uh, I really uh, thank you for uh, your advocacy work and for continuing to keep the story in the headlines because it's so important because all of us grow old and all of us will one day need uh, some care. And uh, it's uh, it's my hope that it's available in a way that is dignified and uh, the best kind of health care that we could possibly get. So I really appreciate your time and all your efforts. Well, thank you for staying on the story. And you know, we have to work at that now, or it's going to be another 30 years, and it'll be the same situation. Patricia, thank you so much. That's Patricia Spindle. She's co-founder of the advocacy group Seniors for Social Action, talking about the current situation at long-term care homes in Hamilton and Niagara. 100 hospital patients could be impacted by the province's long-term care legislation. Um, And in Hamilton, they're saying that they have no more room uh, for patients, some of them, for seniors rather, and some of them are being sent 70 kilometers away from their home, um, away from where they've lived their entire lives, some of them very vulnerable uh, with their own health uh, problems and not having uh, that access to their loved ones that they need so much uh, during this time. I'm Rabina Ahmed-Huck, and this is On Point.